Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Lads, today's guest, Helen Bauer, is just... Probably not the most naturally funny people I've ever met in my life. A couple of years ago, she was nominated for Best Newcomer in Edinburgh. She's extremely special. I can't believe she's only 30. It, it kind of terrifies me. I'm not going to lie. But you do need to head over to her online gig, Gigless, which she hosts with Catherine Bohart. Check her out on that. Or you can, once you're done listening to Crimeland, listen to her brilliant podcast daddy look at me which she does with the hilarious rosie jones helen is utterly deadly i have been so lucky to have so many guests on this show if you fancy supporting crimeland you can do it at headstuffpodcast.com for five or a month you can avail of our extra episodes this month's extra episode is looking at the horrendous murder of becky watts with the lovely sophie shanley there is also a bevy of other podcasts to choose from there. Another podcast, which I'd like to give a shout out to this week, is Fail Harder by Emma Jane Purcell. It's essentially a podcast all about failing, which is something I am very, very familiar with. Enjoy the episode, guys. And thank you so much for listening to Crimeland. Hello, I'm Emma Jane from Fail Harder, the podcast that chats to people at the top of their game about failure, from their first memory of failure to how they cope with it now. I have some unbelievable guests on the show like Paul Meskell, James Cavanagh, Georgina Campbell, the list just goes on. And of course, we'd be mad to take failure too seriously, so every week I have 20 questions in front of me numbered at random. Most are straightforward, however, some are a little more unconventional, and in the spirit of failure, my guest can pick the numbers. They might not like the results, but life's not fair and neither is my podcast. Welcome to Crimeland. My name is Julie J and this week I'm talking to the hilarious... Helen Bauer! (laughs) About Isabella Guzman, aka the TikTok killer. Quick disclaimer. 
disclaimer that absolutely no offence is meant to any of the people discussed in this episode and we always strive to discuss these topics in a human and empathetic way. A few sources used for this episode include Murderpedia, archival footage from CBSN Denver, YouTube videos from Eleanor O'Neill and Daniel Kirsty, and an article by Kim Nguyen, I think I'm pronouncing that wrong, from the DenverChannel.com. Helen, thank you so much for doing this. I oh mean, my God, thank I, you. I'm already I, so invested. You've done so much research. I'm freaking you. out. Well, Helen, I just love you so much because you were genuinely excited when I got on to you today, which I just feckin' love because you're a true crime girl. Oh, I listen to it when I go to bed first thing in the morning. Like I was nervous that you were going to present me a story I already knew. But this one I've never heard before. I'm very excited. Oh, Helen, thank you so much for doing this. And by the way, I'm giving Helen a big L plug. I'm going to record that after the podcast because it's probably going to be hard to listen to, you know, all your qualities. I always feel when somebody is complimenting you on a podcast, it feels a bit like you're listening to your own obituary. You feel like they're saying it to like, make you feel special like this is why I've got a little knife just out of shot that you can't see just to nick myself with every time you say something nice so I feel like human still Helen no please just use an elastic band at least put the (laughs) knife down that's an old (laughs) trick so will I dive straight in yes oh my god let's do it let's fucking murder someone (laughs) okay no Helen Murder is wrong. Okay, so Isabella Guzman is the one-time 18-year-old killer whose videos based on her 2013 court appearances went viral on TikTok. After she was charged with murder, she you had people basically, Helen, copying her facial expressions, donning orange jumpsuits and dressing up as Isabella for Halloween. And her case also spun many friend threads on our old friend Reddit, which by the way is a 100% reliable source. And if you are doing your history dissertation at the moment you can quote from that like it's it's a footnote you can totally use reddit her trying attracted a lot of attention primarily because nobody could believe a girl who looked like her could be capable of such a terrible crime so many comments on tiktok revolved around her appearance describing her as sweet looking cute and she developed almost this cult-like following of people saying basically essentially that she was too pretty to be a murderer <gasps> like the yeah. foxy noxy people who were just sort exactly. of like okay i get you yep yeah and i mean that's why you know there are many reasons not to murder but for me personally that's kind of why i never became a murderer because i was like people just won't believe it i look too good shut up I'm that's why you pretty. should do it to get loads of compliments of people being like but she's so fit and if you're fit be fit and she's fit so she what, can't kill Helen Walker do actually it. do you know what it would I think it is a legitimate defense in court I would imagine but I was too fit to do it sorry uh <laughs> yeah so look she did she attracted this media interest straight away because essentially she was a very pretty young woman and I suppose the ferocity of this crime it it was a bit jarring because you're obviously trying to uh, correlate the fact that this crime is so vicious and marry that with this visual of this young, very innocent looking 18 year old girl. So people were instantly interested. Louisa Guzman was born on the 9th of June, 1995 in Aurora, Colorado to parents Yumi Ho, Ho and Robert Guzman. When she was four, her parents divorced. Now, I couldn't find out why they divorced, but I did read a couple of Because they were raising a psychopath. (laughs) Like, would you not get (laughs) divorced? 
It would be stressful, wouldn't it? For sure. And um, well, I did read somewhere that, that they put it down to a misunderstanding, which I just think has to be the most Irish reason for a divorce ever. So in it comes a misunderstanding. Her Someone mother. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what I thought. Like definitely. Yeah, definitely. Doing, I misunderstood doing the where I should put my penis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I hate when they do that. Her mother remarried a guy called Ryan Hoy, and this seemed to kind of mark the beginning of the troubled relationship between mother and daughter. So essentially, Isabella, by all accounts, was always a a nightmare child. You know, she really Mm -hmm. was a very difficult child, so much so uh, that when she was seven, her mother actually said, look, I can't cope with this child like this child is just like this. This is too difficult. So she asked her ex-husband to take Isabella in. So Isabella moved in with her dad for a while when she was seven because her mother was just like, I cannot control her. Oh my God. Okay. So things were bad. I mean, a seven-year-old, like when you're at that point with the seven-year-old, I mean, you'd say things are bad, but also then part of me is like, can a seven-year-old be that bad? I don't know. She's so little at seven to be passed yeah. over as well. It's, oh it God. does. And, it, and I mean, absolutely, like we're not, you know, we're not putting blame on anyone here, but it does seem yeah. very young to say, I can't deal with this child. You know, yeah, it's, it seems very young. But the, the mother and the father, they kind of, I suppose they had a good relationship, even though they were divorced. So they had bought a studio together. And I think I was trying to find out what kind of studio it was, but I think they were Irishists. So they oh, continued cool. to work. Yeah, which is kind of cool, isn't it? Okay. They continued to work together after their divorce and they still got on really well. Isabella would sometimes help out there after school, but didn't really like it and looked down on her parents for working what she thought of, like she kind of thought of the job as badly paid. And Ooh. she continued to be really oppositional to her parents and resented her mother for not having a lot of money. And this just added problems, you know, added to the problems in the family home. So she was kind of, she was resentful of her parents. You know, it just, it sounds like she had a very troubled relationship with them. And it seems like just things were never really good, that there was just always something going on. Oh, Isabella. I mean, she's very opinionated for a young woman as well to be like, you don't earn enough money for me. Like, what? (laughs) I know it's it's a bit Veruca Salt, isn't it? A bit. It's full Veruca Salt. Like I want a goose. <laughs> but I would say I actually don't know about you, Helen, but I do kind of stand Veruca Salt, especially the older I get. I used to, but then the more I think about the fact that in her dream world, all she wants is a bean feast, I just always get pissed off. You're right. It's like that yeah. song should be epic, and it's mainly about how many beans she wants. And it's like <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. You know, <laughs> it was. You know what? Now that you see, yeah, not a lot of common ground with Veruca Salt. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. spot on, Helen. So <laughs> Isabella was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, but at the age of fourteen, Stop. she renounced the religion. That's it. That's it. The Jehovah's yeah. Witness thing. There was. It was. It's a cult. You know what? I kind I of. I'm with sl- her a bit more now. I was slow to drop the J word because I was like, once Helen hears the J word, she's going to be like, it's <laughs> she's gonna done. Freak out. It's done. Well, Team Isabella. To be raised in an organisation, obviously I don't know loads about it, where you're told that everyone around you who's not a Jehovah's Witness is going to hell and that you are one of the chosen few. Your perspective on the world is so messed up. 
it's just I'm not saying that all Jehovah's Witnesses end up killing no I think no I totally agree like it's definitely one that I think if you're not in it other people it it, it does seem a little bit bemusing the whole thing I mean the I, I would think my first introduction to the religion I know very little about it as well I do but the, the, I, I you know I don't know a lot but my first introduction to the religion I think was when Jerry Halliwell talked about being raised as a Jehovah's Witness and the fact that they didn't celebrate birthdays or Christmas and I was like mm-hmm. I'm out so you never got a you never got a present like again not sounding like Isabella here but like a present would be nice one day out of the year a present is nice, but also to it, I think it alienates you from your peers. Yeah, it's like, well, I don't it know does much actually. About it, people I know who were raised in these really strict religion, like you are taught the other people around you are wrong and it does pull you away. Like you don't have that thing of inviting them around for a birthday party. Like you have to spend your weekends canvassing and supporting the church. Like you're not part of, I think it does de-socialize you in a very general sense. It's well, actually, you're you know what, Helen, you're so spot on. It does alienate you for sure because that's mm-hmm. kind of the very te- I mean, that's the central tenet of it, isn't it? Really, so it is, it is kind of isolating. I mean, certainly, I'd imagine it would have been quite full on in the gaff, and actually, with you know, with um, this particular religion, so everyone around Isabella was a member of this religion. So the, her biological dad, her stepdad, her mom, they were all like very much, and it is a religion as well. Like if you're in it, you're in it. You yeah, know, yeah, there's yeah. none of this like I'm Catholic, but you know, like I mean, it's like you know, you're in or you're out. Yeah. So she, when she was fourteen, mm-hmm. which I think is probably typical teenage behavior said look I'm no longer in this this is just not for me and that as you can imagine because Helen you have described it so well so much better than I could it is very much like if you're not in the religion you are an outsider and you are isolated so obviously this did not help matters at home she stopped going to school conflict was like the conflict was just getting worse and worse in the gaff and the problems, particularly between Isabella and her mother, were getting worse and worse. But it was when she was 18 that everything, I guess, things really intensified. She had a habit of sneaking boys into her okay. house. Now, I would like to say that I went through that phase, but no, I mean, sadly, I was mad to sneak boys into the gaff, but none of them wanted to sneak in with me. So it wasn't an issue for me. So much so that the neighbours <laughs> actually... <laughs> I'd love to say we've all been there, Helen, but I certainly haven't. So look, I can't speak from experience here. Um, she kept sneaking lads into the house. Now, so much so that her the neighbours actually complained about the guys entering and exiting the property. She also wanted to drop out of school, despite the fact that she was really close to graduating. And what the actually, what is wrong with those neighbours? I know. Oh. Well, I I think somebody described in one of the articles I read. Um like the boys like would run across the lawn which I just personally as a neighbor I would enjoy watching that yeah it's like a soap opera it's great crack been a crack but look the neighbors obviously were not they were not up for this so her mother surprise surprise took issue with it as well it was in late August 2013 uh so at this stage she's dropped out of school Obviously, her parents are not happy about this because she was in her last year of high school. She was so close to graduating. She drops out, so close to getting her qualification and drops out. 
in August of that summer, she broke up with her boyfriend and he came over to the house to pick up some of his things and she actually chased after him with a golf club. So this is an indication that, like, you know, maybe she's not in the best space. Have you ever chased yeah, anyone yeah, with, with an item in your hand, Helen? I mean, literally never. But yeah. Isabella, but like, this feels right for her. Like, this wouldn't be right for me because I'm 29 and I still haven't had a boyfriend. So Isabella's miles ahead of me. Well, listen, I didn't have, I think I got my first, like, somebody I would call a boyfriend. I'd say I was like 27. So I was kind of, I was late to that game as well. Well, you see, I would be shifting people for years and years and years with no commitment. Yes, that's so, what I do. Yeah. Like just, but I like would fall in love with them and they'd be like, oh, like, we're just not in a relationship. Hello, so like, okay. of course. <laughs> yeah. I would keep buying, I would keep buying them a gifts in the hope that they would one day choose to go out with me. It probably is not something I can empathize with didn't have direct experience of it but she broke up this fella he came over for his clothes and to be fair you don't want to give the hoodie back like you're keeping the hoodie <laughs> let's face it her behavior was also getting more threatening towards her family her stepdad ryan said that the mother and daughter did clash so i guess ryan was very much she never liked ryan the stepdad she always took yeah. issue with him and during this time the stepdad would later say that the arguments had gotten gone to a whole new level even leading to one awful moment when this again is in August, Isabella actually spat on her mother. I know. Okay. So unnecessary. This is, You're right. This just sounds like a really toxic atmosphere. Like oh, they just don't get along. But I'm really not bad. like, yeah. I mean, it's so hard to tell what is like teenage hormones and emotions just being misplaced. Yeah. And I mean, what if- is like, a violent streak that needs therapy. Yeah, I mean, this, I think we would say this is beyond, wouldn't we, Helen? Oh, this is beyond, but I I know that feeling of being so frustrated with a parent when you're 14. I mean, this is awful, but once when I was 14, my mum was like probably doing something so chill. Like I probably came home from school and she went, how was your day? And I was like, you never ask anything about me. You don't even like me. And um, I was drinking water out of a glass. I remember just being so frustrated. I just looked at her and I was just sort of like, I'm going to drop it. And she was like, don't you dare smash that glass. And I just went, why not? And smashed it on the floor and walked away. And she was like, what <laughs> the fuck? I have honest, I think it was because basically I fell in love with this boy at school who was gay. But because my intuition is so off, I kept on asking him out every week and getting my heart rebroken. <laughs> But then, but then we talked later and it was all fine. I feel like Isabella and her mum didn't then go on to be like, what's going on, babe? Like That is so fucking funny. Now, to be fair, your mum, she did run a drama school though, didn't she? Yeah, from our house. So she definitely would have been like, if you're going to do it, face the audience when you do it. And like, you want it to smash in that direction. I was going to say, she probably loved it. Oh, my mum hey, loved Helen my broke teenage the class. Yes. Oh, she loved it when we were like super hormonal and emotional, like me and my siblings. Because she, I mean, <laughs> same as most parents, because you know it's funny deep down, because you're like, I, you don't yeah. mean this, you're just freaking out. But the worst thing when you're a teenager, when you're all hormonal, is for someone to laugh at you. But my mum found it so funny when we were so frustrated over the littlest thing, she'd giggle. And I would just be like, <laughs> you don't understand. On me. <laughs> but you know what 
it's funny because actually, you know, the way everyone's having lockdown tantrums because we're all going a bit nuts. Oh, yeah. But I find that that like, you know, I will have tantrums and Fred will throw his equivalent of a tra- tantrum, but I will always laugh. And you know what? There is nothing. There is nothing as provocative as somebody laughing at you when you're having mm-hmm. you're in the midst of a tizzy so mm-hmm. especially I think when you're a teenager again like totally not justifying what's about to go down but Mm-mm. you are just super susceptible to that kind of provocation when you're a teen also teenage hormones when you sort of like throw a tantrum and you get super in your own head that doesn't equate to spitting in someone's face no you broke the glass golf club that's a yeah. different thing. Helen, you broke the glass and you were definitely thinking, will I spit on her? But you chose not to. And that's <laughs> that a good choice. Yeah. Okay, so poor old, basically Yumi was just totally terrified of her daughter. And you know what? There is something really sad about this as well, because you do as a former teacher, you know, every now and again, you meet a parent who says, I cannot control my child. I don't know what to do. So clearly this poor woman was in that space where she was like, I have a teenage daughter. I cannot control her. I don't know what to do. She confessed to Ryan, her husband, that she was scared of Isabella. And it was the day after this face spitting incident on the 28th of August. That morning, you mean woke up, awoke to, uh, sorry, you mean, awoke to a threatening email from Isabella saying, you will pay. Quite ominous. I mean, nobody wants to wake up to that email. You will pay. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's not, and it's not a nice way to start your day. At this stage, the poor woman, like, just doesn't know what to do. She ends up calling the police. The police came to the house for a welfare check and spoke to Isabella, telling her that as an 18-year-old, her mother was entitled to kick her out and basically to just cop on, like just she needed to cop on with her behaviour. So Yumi goes off to work and she actually rang Isabella's biological dad, Robert, asking if he could go and talk to her. So Robert calls around to the house and sits down and he sits down and tells Isabella that she really needs to treat her mother with more respect. Now, he would later say that he got the vibe that the chat had gone really well. And Isabella had taken her dad's feedback on board. She was kind of nodding along. She was acquiescing, agreeing with what he was saying. And he left satisfied that he had made her see the error of her ways. Oh, man, bless you. Yes. I mean, <laughs> so confident. Like men, come on, read the signs. <laughs> All I, fixed with one conversation. I know. I like, After Burger don't. King now. <laughs> <laughs> don't, listen, you know that problem you've had with our daughter for the last 18 years? Well, guess what? I sat down in the garden. We had a chat and it's over. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Um. So, yeah, look, more evidence as if we needed it that men aren't great at picking up on the signs. So he left and was like sorted. And then poor old Isabella's mother. So Yumi had gone off to work and she's at work. She returns home at about half nine that night. Now, this is why I'm like instantly, what a good mother. She has McDonald's for everyone. I mean, (sighs) come on, come come on. on. McDonald's. Comes mm-hmm. home from work, even though her daughter is being such an asshole to her, she has, she has a mackers for her. Like, come on. 
honestly, it's just unconditionallove.com. She asked Ryan where she asked Ryan where Isabella is, and he says she's in her room. Yumi goes to take a shower. However, after a few minutes, Ryan starts hearing like thumping noises upstairs and his name oh being gosh. called. He runs upstairs and sees the door open and the shower running. Now, this is actually quite scary. He sees Isabella in the bathroom standing over her mother and her mother looking absolutely terrified. Before Isabella manages to lock the door, he hears Yumi screaming. Ryan runs downstairs to grab his phone and calls 911. He hears his wife screaming. So he runs back upstairs. He's obviously on the phone to the dispatchers whilst, I mean, like I can't imagine how horrendous this must have been. So he tries to break down the bathroom door, can't on the phone to 911, can yeah. hear his wife being attacked by his stepdaughter on the other side of the door, but he can't oh. get to her. The shower is running. I mean, it's it's literally a horror film. It's I mean, it just must have been so traumatic for him. So he's and also the- like, is the McDonald's did they eat it already? <laughs> Or is it going so cold? And you can't microwave McDonald's. You can't reheat the chips. You can't. You it's, just can't. Uh, it's over. It is. Uh, yeah. So like the McDonald's is cooling. The milkshake is melting. It's just, oh it's God. a disaster. And so look, the attack is unfolding. And this, this really broke my heart, actually. The last word his wife shouts, Yumi shouts, is Jehovah. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Really, really sad. This is just so scary. The door then opens and Isabella emerges holding a knife and covered in blood. She is absolutely silent, says nothing, walks straight past Ryan, doesn't look at him or makes eye contact and heads straight back into her room. So Ryan is on the phone to 911, obviously runs into the bathroom. Uh, Yumi is lying on the floor covered in blood with a baseball bat beside her. He starts doing CPR, but to no avail. The emergency service arrived shortly. They actually arrived, which I think is unbelievably quick, 11 minutes after he placed the call. So very quickly. But even at that stage, she just could not be saved. And Yumi was pronounced dead at 10.28. So less than an hour after she had arrived home, the poor woman was dead. Oh, my God. And the, the ferocity of the crime was just insane. So she'd been stabbed 79 times. It's thought that the attack had actually started with the baseball bat before oh. Isabella had moved on to the knife. 79 times, Helen. Isn't it? I can't. This is insane. It's insane. You can't even get your head around 79 times. It is just mental, off the charts all And all the other like podcasts about crime that you hear, it's like, to stab someone is such a personal act and so up close, like there's no distance, oh. you know? Like you have to, the hatred has to be so high in you to be able to do that. Yeah, like, very personal. Oh God. Just, just How do you recover from seeing attack. something like that? Yeah. I say you just don't. I mean, honestly, her poor husband. And I often think, to be honest, I don't know how, paramedics do these things you know or police officers or people like responding to these situations I just I am not strong enough to do anything anything uh-uh. that involves this level of gruesome it's just totally off the charts so the the emergency services arrive and it's clear at this stage that Isabella has fled and her image is released to the public the local community in Colorado 
The police warn the public not to approach Isabella as she's obviously presumed to be dangerous. The manhunt begins as they start to comb the surrounding area for this teenage killer. The next day, somebody calls into the police station reporting a dead body in a car. So they say they've seen this body. It's covered in blood and it's in a car. By the time they make it out to the car, the body is gone. They search the car and find some of Isabella's belongings, which makes them realise that the person in the car actually must have been Isabella. And she's obviously alive because she's no longer in the car. So look, you don't have to be, we don't have to be Sherlock Holmes here to work out that mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the Isabella is still alive. At about 2pm, yeah. they find her in the vicinity of the car park. So she hadn't gone far. I mean, you'd question why it took them that long to find her. She's literally still standing by the car park and they arrest her for murder on the spot. A week later, Isabella's court appearance attracted massive media attention. Her behaviour was essentially what made her go viral. In the footage from her court appearance, she's kind of smiling and pulling faces. She gives this kind of sarcastic smirk. Yeah. And then this dead stare at the camera and she points to her eyes like this. She kind of stares at the camera and points at her eyes. And this video of Isabella in the orange jumpsuit is the pic that goes everywhere. And the videos that are used on TikTok as well. It's all this image of her in the orange jumpsuit. Now, a lot of videos quite disturbing me because obviously we're talking about a really serious crime. Do you remember the song Sweet But Psycho? Do you remember that one? Yes. Yeah, a lot of the TikTok videos had that audio of that song, but they were using oh her image. Oh fucking God. Yeah, people are just nuts. What? People are absolutely nuts. So it just got a little bit out of control, especially on TikTok. People doing impersonations of how she was pulling faces, like, you know, mimicking her stance at the court appearance because she was kind of defiant at the court appearance. And you know I'm gonna like watch all of this. Oh yes, I'm like I'll... I'm doing the whole reactions for you. Like how awful this is gross, but I know the disgusting side of all me. All over it. Well, listen, like, pictures. We're all doing. A, we're all doing a Google. I'll send you a couple of links actually after this. Yeah, so, please. Despite look, obviously it was a really disturbing video to watch, but kind of what really strikes me watching like the footage of her court appearance. There's no indication that she really knows what's going on or it's almost a bit childlike the way she's pulling faces like to me it looks like somebody and even obviously the nature of the crime itself you would say somebody may be having some kind of psychotic episode you know it's 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 kind of a disturbing watch Isabella then obviously is being detained without the possibility of of bail. A year later, her trial date was due to commence. But before the trial started, a plea of insanity was provided. In the intervening period, she had been diagnosed with schizophrenia. And about a month before the murder, she apparently was hearing voices. So do you remember the boyfriend that she chased with the golf club? Yeah. He claimed that this was so out of character for her and that around that time, she'd also started to refer to a guy called Sam, who she said, said did not want her going out with this boyfriend and the boyfriend felt that Sam actually had not existed and then other people were saying that she had started to refer to her mom as Cecilia and claiming that she needed to kill Cecilia to save the world now you would say looking back now they were red flags that this person was not well and clearly needed you know clearly needed a bit of help again you know we're not blaming placing any blame here or anything but like if that stuff was going on I mean clearly then we need some kind of intervention oh for sure oh 
So she was transferred to the Colorado Mental Health Institute where she was due to stay until she was judged not to be a threat to herself or others. And this is so America, by the way, in November 2020. So even though she's still in this mental health institute, she appeared on CBSN Denver. Like, how does that happen? Do you know what I mean? She gets a TV day for a live interview. It just doesn't make any sense. So, yeah. So she appears and she says, look, that she had suffered she says that she had suffered abuse for many years and that she suffered a lot especially after she had tried to leave the Jehovah's religion when she was 14 Mm -hmm. she said that she was no longer a threat to herself that she really regretted her crime and she said I was quote not myself when I did that and I have been since restored to full health she also went on to say the fight with my mom was terrible and I was injured in the process I have the scars in my hand I don't know if you can see or not so she was suggesting it was more of a two-way thing, but I mean, I would okay. imagine I mean, that maybe it sound like it was. No, yeah. I mean, I would imagine self-defense. Surely, that the poor woman was just trying to, you know, defend herself as she was being stabbed totally, seventy-nine yeah. times to death. Fucking hell! No, that's not a two-way attack. And and then in the interview, she did state as well that she had actually been assaulted by a hospital employee. That she'd been sexually assaulted and was now seeking to prosecute this man that she says assaulted her. Oh it's still so that's like a whole other like case that that's going yeah. on she's still in the the mental health institute it is a case which continues to attract notoriety on tiktok and as i said you know people continue to hypothesize what really could have been behind the murder uh, one person on tiktok even said that she was being sold to the mafia by her mother and this kind of stuff Again, absolutely no basis whatsoever. Mm. It just kind of feeds into the fact that people refuse to accept that this is a crime, which in all likelihood was the result of a person in the grips of a psychotic episode. And rather than accept mental illness as the motivator, instead, TikTok has cultivated this unhealthy obsession with Isabella, with one account even writing underneath a spoof video in ode of the teenage killer that quote Isabella is so pretty that whoever she killed must have really deserved it and that is the story oh of my Isabella fucking Guzman, god the TikTok killer and that was you Helen that was Helen Marr <laughs> zero my one, mind zero is blown one. by this it's a cra- it's it is so a crazy case on every level as well it's like just that Very fear sad. of mental illness and it's like the mother and the stepfather and the father maybe knew on some level, but just that fear of having a child who's mentally ill and feeling that you might have had some part of it. There's just denial, isn't it? It's And also the fact, I just really feel for the poor mother because, you know, if you're living in that situation and you don't know what to do, like the fact that she called the police, she wanted help, but she, I mean, where do you get help if you're in that situation? And now look at this tragic, you know, look at the tragic result that you know, that we have. It's just, it's really, really tragic. So sad. And also people are so weird. Like the obsession with this case, I get the interest, but the spoof videos and all that, there's so much tasteless stuff out there. The thing is, Julie, I know we're saying it's tasteless and I'm doing the whole, oh my God. But we're talking about it. But we're talking about it and I know I'm going to go look it all up. Like I have, there's no dignity to either of us right now. Well, you see this, yeah, do you know what? (laughs) There's a bit of culpability on all sides because this is it. I can't stand here and say, you know, isn't it terrible that people are still banging on about this? Because I'm doing a podcast on it, but and I'm loving hearing I'm not about gonna it. Do, 
pen and you're loving it. I mean, to be fair, we will watch the spoof videos, but we're not going to do one. And that's, that's the, the difference. difference between us and those TikTokers, Helen. <laughs> the difference is I don't have a TikTok account. Like, that's what I, it is. Do you know what? I Do you not have one? I Just when I thought I could not stand you more. <laughs> I don't. I mean... I've seen TikTok videos, but like the ones that are really great get shared on Instagram. So I'm sort of like, exactly. oh, this is good. I don't really miss you get out on the, anything. You get the gold on Instagram. I am on TikTok, but I just feel very, very old. Very, very don't old know. and tired. TikTok <laughs> makes me feel tired, Helen. On that note, keeping the energy going, Helen, can you please give a shout? Now, you, people will know Helen's podcast anyway. So Daddy, look at me with the wonderful Rosie Jones. I kind of I kind of said it there. Sorry, I jumped in instead of allowing you to announce your own podcast. Sorry, you go announce your podcast. No. <laughs> well, I do a podcast with, as you said, lovely Rosie Jones, and it's called Daddy Look at Me. I basically interview people, mainly comedians. It was supposed to be loads of other people, but it's mainly comics about their childhood and um, usually their first steps onto the stage. And if they were attention seekers, it's it's a real mess of a podcast. It's good fun. Um, I just love it. And your guest list, I'm not going to go through the guest list, but you have had some unbelievable guests on. So it's well worth checking out if you haven't already. <laughs> you have your online gig, gig list as well. Yes, Catherine Bohart's online gig, gig list, which I co-host. But honestly, like, that's it. That's all that's going on. Like, I don't think anyone listening to this is going to be like, oh, I want more from that Helen girl. They're just going to be watching the spoofs, as they should be. No, you need to check out Helen. You probably, look, you probably know Helen already, but you need to follow her on Instagram, follow her on Twitter, because you're just gas. And I can't wait to get to see you perform again, Helen. You're just deadly. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun, Julie. Thank you, Ellen. Love you so much. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.